Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast where we talk about baseball 52 weeks out of the year. There is no offseason. And I'm yours, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording from Sully Baseball Studio in Pasadena, California, on the evening of March 7th, 2018. Now, I'm recording this shortly after Andrew McCutcheon hit a three-run home run after an unbelievable at-bat. It was the bottom of the 14th inning. The Giants were losing to Los Angeles 5-4. to And uh, poor Wilmer Font, who lost a game which he actually pitched quite well in extra innings the other day, was brought in and he just let up at one hit, then let up another hit. And then McCutcheon, who was down in the count, fouled off pitch after pitch after pitch. And on the 12th or 13th pitch of the at-bat, he launched a home run into the seats in left field to give the Giants a, a really dramatic victory. And this is the 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 Giants have played now. Um, they 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 were rained out the other day, so they've only played. How many games have they played? They've only played, I think, seven games at this point, and. And it looks like four of those, uh, five of those seven games have been against the Los Angeles Dodgers, and they have won three of them. They are three and two against the LA Dodgers. They won the first two games of the season, won nothing, each on a Joe Panic home run. Then they got shut out, and it was looking ominous for the Giants when you realize in that four game series, which they split, but they were basically shut out, save for the two solo home runs by Joe Panic. Well, their bats have come alive. They they scored six runs against Seattle on Tuesday. They scored ten runs against Seattle uh, the other day, and then today they hit seven. They they scored seven runs in an extra inning game. Now, I can hear what some of you are saying right now through the earbuds. It's not even mid-April yet. It's not even April 9th yet. How excited can you get? How can you start saying this is important, that's important in terms of a game? What the hell are you talking about, Sully? And let me explain something to you. When you're a team like the San Francisco Giants and you're starting the season without Madison Bumgarner and you have any visions of being relevant in the National League West then guess what? These games are important. Because if you come out of the gate stumbling, and trust me, if the Giants had not got those two home runs by Joe Panic, and the Dodgers had managed to squeeze out an extra inning win in both games one and two, then we're talking about the Giants starting the season horrifically, just starting the season just as badly as you can. And then... You're saying, well, you know, they're they're going to have to play catch-up. In some ways, when you start your season without your best player and you start the season with a bunch of games against your chief rival, it becomes uh, an imperative to hold your own. To say, do you know what? It doesn't mean they're going to sweep them, but hold your own. And by definition, no matter what the Giants do tomorrow afternoon, they will have faced the Dodgers six times right out of the gate, and held their own. 
even if they lose tomorrow by a, by a final score like what the Phillies did today, the Phillies beat uh, Miami 20 to 1. Even if they lose tomorrow by 20 to 1, they can still say they held their own against the Dodgers in the first six head-to-head games. And that's a bad sign for the, these are for the Dodgers that they're they're playing a depleted Giants team whose offense has a lot to be desired and couldn't put them away. The Dodgers are not playing very well right now. Again, I understand it's early. Of course it's early. And it in some ways it means this is this sounds weird, but for a team like the Dodgers or the Indians or you know this is whatever team you want to point to that have uh, uh, a big you know big expectations the the Houston uh, the uh, Washington Nationals these are all teams that are not getting off the great starts you could point to them and say all right they're going to right the ship because they have so much talent they're going to right the ship the Nationals are four and four they have too much talent to be a five hundred team okay. Uh, the Indians are three and five. They lost today one nothing to Kansas City. They're not going to be a sub five hundred team. All right, we all know that. Like the Yankees fell to five hundred when they lost in extra innings the other day. The Yankees are not going to be a five hundred team. We all know that. They won today against um, Baltimore. We all know that they're going to have a winning season. But when you're a team where there's a lot of question marks around you, it is important to get out of the gate and win some of those games. Because you can build upon them. The Giants play tomorrow against Los Angeles. Then they have three games against Arizona. Three more games against the Padres. And another three games against the Arizona. With Arizona getting off to the great start. I'll get to them in a second. But it is important for the Giants. A team where there's a ton of question marks. A lot of people, including me, thought, you know what, this team may suck this year. Especially when they realized they were going to have to play the first two months without Madison Bumgarner. If you can hold your own and then put Madison Bumgarner into the team, do you know what? Then you can look at these first few weeks of the season and say, hey, they could have let the season sort of start off on a terrible note and have to play catch-up. You're in a much better place of building upon an okay start as opposed to building upon a disastrous start. You know, there were lots of question marks about Arizona, especially when you consider that Paul Goldschmidt's got off to a pretty rotten start and they lost J.D. Martinez and you're not sure what they're going to get out of some of their players after their wonderful season they had last year. The fact that they started the season, they've won six of their first eight games. That's good for them. That's critical for them. That you start off well and that you can build upon that. It's sometimes tough to right the ship, especially when you're a team that's full of question marks and especially when you're at a place where you're going, do you know what? If we're not going to contend, we may tear the ship down. You know, the Pirates lost today. But they're 6-2. and two. Do I think the Pirates are going to win the division? They were my wackadoodle pick. They said everything has to go right. But do you know what? When you start a year and say, okay, we've lost. We've traded away Garrett Cole, who had a tremendous game today for Houston Astros. We traded away Andrew McCutcheon, who's the big star today for the San Francisco Giants. And you wind up winning, starting the season winning six of your first seven games. 
it shows that you can build upon that. Now, do I think the Pirates are going to have a great season? No, but do you know what? If they surprise, and every year there's a surprise team, and every year there's a team that loses a critical player and winds up being better afterwards, if there is a surprise team, these wins early on are what build the surprise and you can build the momentum from. Now, my beloved Red Sox began the season with everyone saying, oh, the Yankees are going to win, the Yankees are going to win, the Red Sox may be a wild card team. And they lost a brutal first game, and they haven't lost since as of this recording. They're on a seven-game winning streak right now, and they're winning all sorts of games. They win in blowout games, they're winning pitchers' duels, they're winning extra inning games and everything like that. And the Yankees, they won today. They're off to, you know, they've lost a couple games they probably had no business losing. And the Red Sox have a two-and-a-half game lead on the Yankees. Do I think the Yankees are going to close that? Yeah, of course I do. But again, to start a season where you're looking around for Boston, it's a very specific thing that they're getting contributions from players who were mediocre last year. Xander Bogart's had a down year. He's been unbelievable this season. Porcello and Price were either hurt or ineffective. They've been outstanding so far this season. Hanley Ramirez has been terrific. And they're on a seven-game winning streak. Now, yes, I know it's early April, but let me tell you something. There's never a bad time in the year to have a seven-game winning streak. There's never a time where I say, you know what, I wish they didn't win seven in a row. That's seven games they don't have to worry about. And for the Red Sox, it's a different thing. The way the Red Sox are going to, if they if they have images of a third straight division title dancing in their head, but at least a third straight trip to the postseason dancing in their head, one thing is critical for the Red Sox, and it's this. They have to beat the teams that we know they're better than. If they know that they are better than this team or they're better than that team, they have to beat them and hopefully clobber them but at least win because when they go face the Yankees, they go face Cleveland, they go face Houston, they go face the good teams. They they have to hold their own and be like what the Giants were with the Dodgers so far. And like, you know, try to not, you know, don't get clobbered. Try to hold your own. And when you play a worse team, beat them. And they're 7-1 and one now. These are seven games they don't have to worry about later. And they had a great come-from-behind from win the other day. They had a clobber them day today. It all works out. These are all wins. These are the wins they're supposed to have. You know, the the Brewers won a critical game the other day uh, against the Chicago Cubs. They are the prime competition with the Cubs in the National League Central. It's never the wrong time to beat your rival in a game. Those head-to-head games, are those are the ones where you can, you know, when later on in the season, those chart, those sliver, you know, two numbers off the magic number, start doing that now. Those are two numbers you don't have to worry about. And I'll tell you another team that's red hot right now, that are winning games that will be in the bank that they don't have to worry about later on, that they can build upon them instead of playing catch-up. But the Mets, like the Red Sox, the Mets are getting tremendous contributions from people who last year were non-factors. 
Matt Harvey, we thought he was going to be designated for assignment. They're on a four-game winning streak right now. They're 6-1 and one for the season. It's never a bad time to go 6-1, and one, especially... Now, the Mets are in a different position than the Red Sox because the Mets have to start playing well. Otherwise, this could be a team that you start tearing down. And you take a look. The Mets won today 3-2 to two against um, the Washington Nationals. Well, when you look up, the Mets have beaten the Cardinals twice and now the Nationals twice. The Cardinals are going to be a good team. There are people thinking they could be a playoff contender. And the Nationals are by far, by effing far, the consensus pick to win the National League East. And any any prayer that the Mets have for winning the National League East, are, it's contingent upon them playing well head-to-head with Washington. Well, guess what? This first season, this first series in Washington, they won. They won 8-2 to two on Thursday, and today they won 3-2. to two. When you go into their home park and win a series, I don't care if it's April, May, June, July, whatever time of year it is, because you only have so many games head-to-head, these are the games that you build upon. And the Mets are making an effort out of the gate to have a relevant season. If they stumbled out of the gate, then there's a look. It's on, well, I don't know, maybe we should blow this team up. Maybe they should start to say, are they better off trading away DeGrom? Are they better off trading away Syndergaard or Familia? You'd have to, you'd have to think long and hard about that. If they got off to a rotten start, of course you would. But now here we are. They're getting off. You know, the first week of the season, they're 6-1. and 6-1. and one. You know, that's a 6-1 and one they don't have to think about later. Out of the gate, when you're a team where there's question marks around you, if you get out of the gate strong, then you can look around and go like, okay, for, it's like the first test. And you look at some of the teams that are out of the gate looking awful. I mean, Kansas City is not off to, I mean, they won today, but that was only their second win. You know, Tampa Bay is on a seven-game losing streak. When you're a team like Tampa Bay and you've traded away Longoria, the face of your franchise, you've traded away Odorizzi, one of your top pitchers, and you're like, well, I wonder if there's a chance if we're going to do it. I wonder if there's a chance we're going to do it. You you go, you know, the first eight games, you lose seven of them. It's going to put that thing in your mind that makes you say, oh, man, um, maybe uh, this is a rebuilding year. If you're Baltimore, and you've lost some close games, the the Orioles have lost some heartbreakers, and they won that extra inning marathon the other day, but you know they've lost six of their first nine games. Again, it's early in the season. I grant you that. I understand that. But by coming out of the gate, especially in a season where you may have to sell off your top player, the thing that's looming over the Baltimore Orioles head is what the hell do you do with Manny Machado? Do you trade him? Do you try to sign him? Or do you make a run for it in a mediocre American league? Well, I know it's early. As I keep saying, it's not even mid-April yet. But if you come out of the gate stumbling three and six like they are right now, 
and you're thinking you're and if it wasn't for a brilliant block of the plate the other day that in the the twelfth and thirteenth inning against the Yankees, they'd be two and seven right now. So we're looking at a team that's like they're they're coming out of the gate looking rotten or not winning. And when you have the possibility of this could be a season we have to blow up the team and you come out stumbling, that's a bad look. It makes you think, oh, man, is this is this going to be that kind of a year for us? You know, the Marlins are on a four-game losing streak. They you know they won a couple of games against the Cubs, and they beat the they had a game against you know a couple of games where they look like oh they're holding their own they're holding their own. Today they lost twenty to one, and it's like yeah you're a minor league team, yeah we see what you are. And when you have a team you know the Padres off to a rotten start, the Reds they're off to a rotten start, and when you have teams where there's low expectations, you get off to rotten starts, it puts that taste in your mouth going yeah. This is this is what we are, isn't it? And it will take a big comeback from teams where there's no expectation. And that's going to be a real, real improbability. I got to say something. You know, I was talking about ties. It seems like, you know, that, you know, I was advocating that games after 12 innings, you call it. And it's a tie. We deal with a tie. And I went into the season, it's a rare event, but for a game to go further than uh, 12 innings, but it seems like it's a nightly event in the in the season so far. I mean, it just seems like they're constantly games going super deep. I mean, we had the game today uh, between the, uh, we had wait, one, two extra inning, three extra inning games. We had a 14 inning game with the, the Dodgers and the Giants. Uh, last night we had a 14 inning game between the Orioles and the Yankees. I think there was another extra inning game the other night too. You know, on then you had a, a a 12 inning game with the Red Sox and the Rays. Um, there was another marathon. Was it? Uh, I think that was L.A. Yeah, there was a on. I think it was on Tuesday, where L.A. and the um, Arizona Diamondbacks had uh, a super marathon. Oh no, that was Monday. Monday, that's right. I, I'm sorry, I'm looking this up on BaseballReference.com, single graves website in history of the planet Earth. That was a 15-inning marathon. The Dodgers had two of those in this week, and they lost both of them. Those would be two ties for the Dodgers. So it, I may have to start doing the standings, what the standings would be with me as the commissioner. But let me say something. All off-season, I kept hearing people who clearly don't like baseball trying to come up with ways of how to speed up baseball or fix baseball. And we've been seeing this first week, week and a half of baseball, and practically all we've been seeing have been great, great games, exciting games. one nothing pitcher's duels, huge slugfests going deep into the night, walk-off home runs. We've seen Shohei Otani win a game as a pitcher and then start hitting home runs as a hitter. We're seeing players and their new teams do well. We're starting to see, you know, pitchers being putting some great performances up and some great performances by hitters and some great young stars and, and older veterans. The game itself is moving fast and the games are exciting. And I'm just, I just don't want to hear about how to fix the game from people 
who clearly don't like the game. We'll put a runner on second. We'll put this. We'll put that. I will say the mound visit thing, I like that. I like that it's added a new wrinkle. I like that it's added a new bit of, oh, we can't go to the mound right now. It forces the catcher to communicate. If it means people screaming from shortstop and second base, I'm all for it. But let me tell you something. We're about a week into baseball, and I'm loving what I'm seeing. And it's not just because the Red Sox are on a seven-game winning streak and Andrew McCutcheon hit that home run. Baseball is complete must-see for all the games all across the diamond. So let's not think about how we're going to futz with it and figure out how to promote it because the game itself and the players themselves are pretty terrific right now. The one criticism I'm going to have about tonight is a wonderful game between the Braves and the Rockies ended on a walk-off walk. I swear to God, throw it down the heart of the plate. How the hell can you do a walk-off walk? But I digress. We're off to a great start. Some teams are are starting to put together a little statement. It's early in the season, but remember my word of wisdom I had earlier in this podcast. It's never too early to win seven games in a row. So go to SullyBaseball.com. Like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. Go to MLB Reports to see the up-to-date listings on who owned baseball. You can be old school. Send me an email at info at The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Reveling in the first week and a half of the season. This has been Sully Baseball for the seventh day of April 2018. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.